This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, Cheryl. Hey, Tig. We're uh, we're doing our intro here, but we agreed we're going to do a fast one. We're doing a fast one. We have a lot to say about a lot of things in this. This is a four-part... Por- four this points. is a four-part series, and I catch people up on my personal life. Yes, so get ready. You're in for a little bit of a roller coaster. Everybody, welcome. Oh, ladies and jerks. <laughs> Ladies and jerks, welcome to Bad Vegan. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs fiddling I am the first ever podcast. And Tig and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Cheryl Hines. Tig Toro. I got it right. No, No, I got it right. No. Tig. How do you? Notoro. Tig Notoro. But you hear people, you hear people say my name. I mean. However it gets my earballs, I really think I'm saying it right. You're not, you're saying I'm not saying it right. Tig? No Taro. Oh, no Taro. So anytime you start to think you're saying my last name, tell yourself no. That's not it. I Believe me, whenever I say your last name halfway through, I panic and I just decide. Yeah. I know I'm saying it wrong, but I'm going to lean Abort into Abort mission? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. are you? How are you, sweet Tig? Well, I'm, I was just saying before the show, uh, I've been on quite the roller coaster. Uh, my stepfather passed away. I'm so sorry. Rick. And, Dear Rick. Yes. R- Rick passed away. And it was uh, unexpected. And uh, it was just, it's just been really intense. You know, it's like not, ju- I mean, he raised me since I was two. Wow. And, um, uh, so there's just a lot. I mean, I lost my father um, after my mother, like a few years after my mother, and then and then now losing Rick. It's just like that feeling of that's my final parent. Yeah. Also, he loved Max and Finn. I know. So desperately. No. Desperately and. It just, he really started to come out of his, 
shell and his ways uh, of the world uh, after my mother died and after I got sick and and he just like uh, just in. loved them yeah yeah and just like anybody that watched One Mississippi his character on my TV show just stole every I mean he was as far as I was concerned my stepfather was the star of the show. Yeah. I mean, it was, he was so, it was so just incredible to watch um, John Rothman's performance um, of a guy that's so stuck inside of himself and slowly coming out after so much trauma. And um, I just feel so lucky to have that show. And And then to have him know the boys and you know be a part of their lives and that was so amazing oh my gosh it was so incredible and I think that's what keeps just knocking me down every day yeah him not being around and um they called him cowboy rick because he lived in texas (laughs) and and it just and the crazy part of it too was like he was in Austin with my aunt and uncle having dinner when I was performing in Austin mm. and and he choked on some food that went into his lung that caused pneumonia gosh and then they gave him antibiotics for his pneumonia and he couldn't shake it and then he developed c diff which is the disease i had and that's what killed him oh my god and every year around my birthday is when i start going through all these different you know horrible anniversaries of here comes my birthday this is when i got this phone call Mm. this is when this happened and then it was happening again this year and then in the craziness of life it started to get on the same track where I was like, wait a minute, Rick, I got the call. Rick, Rick's not going to make it. Wait, what do you mean? He's not going to make it. He's on life support. You need to come now. Oh my gosh. And then I go out there and then it's like, yeah. And then I took him off life support 10 years to the day that I took my mother off life support. That is so difficult. I can't, I mean, I I can't imagine because I've been in a, similar situation Mm -hmm. and it's very um surreal it's hard to believe it's happening it's hard to know how to respond to it it's hard to know how to feel about it and then so this is what two weeks later and it's like hitting you yeah I mean we've had I mean it's been hitting me but it's like it hits me I mean, I took my kids to the dentist and even when, you know, they had a cavity and, and I'm asking all these questions and the dentist said, listen, these kids are my kids as far as I'm concerned. I wouldn't do anything to anyone's kids that I wouldn't do to my own. And I'm like crying in the dentist's <laughs> office. I was like thinking of somebody's dad, you know, right? and just like, oh my God, I'm a loose cannon, Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's hard. Uh, it's hard, it's you know, hard. and, um, you know, we've had episodes come out, but they're all pre-recorded so far in advance and I wasn't going through, I mean, I maybe, no, I guess, I don't remember if Rick had developed pneumonia or not, but you know, it's still, I've, I'm, 
on the road. I'm trying to live my life. I'm trying to do shows. I'm trying to visit Rick. I'm trying to, you know, do what I can. But yeah, things, life just happens when it happens. Yeah. And that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. You don't have any control over it. There's nothing you can do about it. No. Well, no. listen, I mean, I think it's nice to be open with our listeners because our mm -hmm. little snark bowls care. I mean, they've shown us that they care about about us. And I know that they mm. appreciate this. And so I know you were saying before we started that you're, you're not feeling a hundred percent you. No, no, I'm not. And I'm doing, I'm doing stand up again. And it's actually been like the moment, like, God, I went on stage for the first time in Denver. Yeah. And then the following night in Salt Lake City, I have to say it was like, that hour and 20 minutes I was on stage, just healing moments. That's so nice. And then, and then sadly, and then, I'm then like get back. back to work. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, God, a truck just parked on my chest, yeah. you know? That's the thing about grief. It's like it is really helpful when you can because, of course, you have to process all of those feelings. But you also, it's so nice when you can find a tiny break from it. If you can yeah. think about one thing for like you're saying, an hour, an hour and a half where, yeah. you know, you don't, you, you, you have to think about something else for a little while. It's good for your brain, I think. Yeah, I'll notice myself being caught, like when I'm making lunch for Max and Finn or something, and I'm like, and then I think, oh my gosh, I wasn't thinking about Rick, or I yeah. wasn't thinking about, you know, uh, that any day or like, that time, right. Yeah, and I have to say that the thing that was so different, my mother was not conscious. Rick was. And he, even though he was on life support, he was nodding yes and he was shaking his head no to questions. And that was hard. It was just, it was hard. My father was the same way, actually. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard. It's really hard. And so I, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I know this is a comedy <laughs> podcast, but I do also want to say I, I am so thankful for the Snark Bowls, yeah. um, for the people that come out to the shows. Yeah. And I'm going to Houston next week. And that's where, you know, I just was, um, you know, uh, with Cowboy Rick. And, you know, um, and I'm going back and... It's going to be bittersweet because yeah. he would have been at my show oh. and I'm going to be staying at his house, going through his stuff. And it's just a whole thing yeah. going on right now. And so I'm thankful for my, my good friends, Mr. Thomas and Cheryl and the Snark Bulls and my family and uh, the people that come out to the shows. I, I do feel it. I just am going through. I'm not myself. That's okay. Sure. That's okay. I'm not myself. We'll take you any way we can get you. Well, it's it's humdrum me. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'm really gonna um, bring it. Ramp it up. I'm gonna ramp yeah, it up. Please. It's gonna be somebody's <laughs> gonna need to because nobody could ever previously rely on me to bring the ramp up. And today, especially um, not. And yeah. Well, yeah. if Thomas has to chime in, Thomas has to chime in. That's all there is to it. <laughs> but we are we are talking about something uh 
we're talking about something that I can't wait to hear your thoughts about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to get into it? <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. Okay. Um, so today we're talking about bad vegan. Mm-hmm. It's bad vegan, fame, fraud, fugitives. It's a four-part docuseries directed by Chris Smith, whose previous credits include Fire, The Greatest Party That Never Happened. We did that one. Mm-hmm. Bad Vegan tells the story of vegan restaurateur Sarma Mengalis, mm-hmm, sure. who once owned the trendiest vegan hotspots in New York City. The series debuted on March 16th, 2022, and is available to watch on Netflix. This is like hot off the press. It is. It's hot off the press. When I heard what's called bad vegan, mm-hmm. you know what I thought? I thought this would be about. Please, it's not. It doesn't make sense. But I thought maybe there was somebody out there pretending to be a vegan, but like secretly putting meat or dairy products into their food. That would that would be a bad. That would be a bad carnivore. <laughs> oh, you're saying it was a vegan person doing that? Yeah. Because like, a vegan would person they? wouldn't do right. that. Right, no, because you're right. It would be a carnivore. There's a whole philosophy behind being right. vegan, so you wouldn't even you wouldn't, do that. No, it, it would be a bad, yeah. you're right, it would be a bad carnivore pretending yeah. in, pretending to yeah. be a vegan. What a weird life to to pretend and do that. <laughs> well, that's not what this documentary is actually. <laughs> no, no. I don't even know what I thought it was. I actually didn't really like the title no. because I think I took it personally yeah, as a vegan. Right. I was like, let's not. Let's not put the <laughs> vegans down. I know it yeah, does. Not... It did sound like, oh, the, be- the vegans have done something bad and they're, there's a bad part. They're terrible people. Yeah, we caught you. You're, you're, uh, and, <laughs> and yeah. I guess you can, you can be whatever you're ingesting. You can be a bad person. Yes. Uh, whether it's, it's only fruits, vegetables, nuts, right. seeds, grains. You know what it is? I think that uh, vegans have mm-hmm. a reputation of being like, mm-hmm. oh, we watch what we eat. We're doing the right thing. Well, first of all, I can't speak for every vegan, but I don't speak with that tone. <laughs> I know that's vegans. You, I know vegans that speak. That's with me that. saying, "Hey, I'm plant based," and then hey, it goes in your ear. I'm plant based. I'm not going to eat I'm that better French than fry you. and beef well, oil. Well, I eat French fries. But can you eat a French fry from McDonald's? No. And nor would I. Oh, that's the, see, that's why vegans get that sort of label. Nor would I. <laughs> it's like, no, I wouldn't, and nor would I. Yeah, but so, I think carnivores are even worse because they're like, ugh. Vegans. Ugh. Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah. That would be my mom. That would be Cracklin' Rosie. If you said, let's go to a, ve- let's go to even a vegetarian. Would this a vegetarian? Ugh. Well, I ha- there's nothing I can eat there. Right. Everything is so... My aunt, if if I have her try anything, the, this is my aunt in Austin, yeah. in Houston, anytime a fork is headed her way or a spoon with anything vegan, and I'm just like, just taste yeah. it. Just taste it. She makes this face. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, ew, it's going to... The gonna, whole time... It's going to be sour. Her spoon is... She's like, ugh. ugh. And then even if it's undeniably delicious she's like ugh, ugh ugh so it's on both sides yes it's on both sides 
if you tell my mom something's organic, mm-hmm. she's like, no, thank you. It's like, okay, <laughs> mom. <laughs> she goes, Wait. I just don't like organic things. I don't. It's like, well, how is that? <laughs> because she likes pesticides. I don't know. I don't know if she understands what organic means, but it's like. Clearly. <laughs> whatever that is, she doesn't want any. That's like saying, I don't want clean air. I want to only <laughs> breathe through the exhaust pipe on this 18-wheeler. Yes, exactly. Okay, so this. Okay, this is about this woman named Sarma, right? She studied economics and went to Wharton Business School. So that tells mm. us she's smart and educated i've never heard of wharton but i'll have if anyone goes to any school yes i'm impressed if they graduate i'm like (laughs) if they graduate from high school you're happy or even pass a class yeah i'm like i don't know how you do it well sarma sarma she studied economics and then she was hired at bear stearns but her passion was food so she wasn't that interested Mm -hmm. in the stock markets and whatnot. So she mm-hmm. quit her job and went to culinary school. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then there was this guy named Matthew Kenny, and he was a star chef in New York City, and Sarma interviewed him about a cookbook he was writing, and they fell in love and became a couple. And by the way, these two people mm-hmm. are very attractive. Well, I was going to say, when they mentioned her pursuit and interviewing him yeah i was like uh-huh. oh, you were like okay, wait a minute yeah he only is this ha- solely <laughs> is this solely for information or are you maybe noticing his bone structure yeah and, he's like yeah. this tall dark handsome guy I mean, if you're into that yeah. thing you know it, he's like perfectly the, good looking uh, yeah vegan yeah. And she's a beautiful, blonde. Easy. <laughs> Vegan. She's very mm-hmm. pretty. Who does she look like? We don't need to, like, draw but, comparisons. Okay, no, no. But just, just watch I'm trying the documentary. To lo- oh, they won't. Our listeners won't. <laughs> Although, this <laughs> is a fun one to watch. There are a lot yeah. of twists and turns. I mean, we have a... Okay, mm-hmm. we have a lot to get to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Sarma and Matthew, they work for a guy named Jeffrey Chodoroy. No, Chodoro. <laughs> Chodoro. I forgot about this part of our show. <laughs> Let's say Chodoro. Uh, he was a renowned r- restaurateur, and they went to him and I liked him so I much. I know. They said they wanted to open a restaurant, pure food and wine. and Which I went to. You did? In yes. New York? Yes. Oh, my. And Stephanie and I got gift cards oh, for people from there because you loved it it was delicious i mean it looks pretty amazing it looked like yeah. it was because the whole idea what was it raw was it all raw mm-hmm. so it was raw vegan but not okay i'm not going to say that because that's dumb and i know the answer okay i'll say it i mean not all vegan <laughs> do i need to be here for this conversation <laughs> not all all vegan food is raw no that's not true no. Okay. Asked and answered. Okay. That really didn't need to happen. You're right. <laughs> oh, no. We have to take a break. Oh, shit. We'll be back on Tig and Cheryl True Story. Mm-hmm. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. And we're back. Okay. So they okay. opened it. So everything's going great. These two mm-hmm. beautiful people open this beautiful restaurant. Everybody's having a good time. It's a very popular. Tig and Stephanie are going in there. Um, <laughs> We're the biggest celebrities. They, Alec ever Baldwin seen. starts going. Poor Alec Baldwin. I, I kind of feel sorry for him for being in the middle of this documentary. Did you feel that way? That's only me. I mean, I mean, he's I not know. really I, in it. He's not really in it. I have complicated feelings around Alec Baldwin. I know. I know. I hear you. <laughs> I like Alec. He's a good friend of mine. It's hard. We don't need to What's listen. Hard? We don't need to sideline. What's hard? No, because I understand complicated feelings about him. I understand that. But we don't listen. This is about bad vegan. Let's stay on bad vegan. So okay. Matthew had a bad reputation for for failing to pay his debts. So Sarma used to wear I Love Matthew sneakers. Oh, this is just... And then they broke up, and then Jeffrey uh, had to decide if he was going to err on the side of Sarma or on the side of Matthew. But back to Alec, why does why does he have to be so on social media after such tragedy? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a fair question. It's, it's weird behavior. It's a fair it's question. Behavior. So this mm-hmm. guy, Jeffrey, decided to help Sarma mm-hmm. um, take on the $2 million of debt that mm-hmm. that they had in this restaurant. And she opened the, the restaurant outright. Okay. okay. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. Do we need to circle back to Alec Baldwin? So Alec, in this documentary, for some reason, Sarma, I mean, this was like, I felt like this was the first Sarma red flag for me. Okay. When she was like, Alec used to come into the restaurant and flirt with me. And I thought, oh, maybe it's going to be me and Alec together. And then he met Hilaria. And then I realized, oh, shoot, I'm not going to be with Alec. Was that weird to you? I have complicated feelings around Alec Baldwin. Anyway, so then Sarma met this guy. Okay, this is when things start. Okay, you ready? Uh-huh. Uh, she met this guy named Shane Fox. Yeah. This is also weird. Okay, I'm going to quit saying Alec. But 
In this documentary, she says it was through Alec. It was weird because this guy, Shane, Mm -hmm. I guess, followed Alec online, like on Twitter. Uh So then Sharma thought that he was Alec's friend, which is weird because it's like, I don't know, just because you follow someone online doesn't really mean that you're... Well, no, they were talking directly with each other and joking around. Well, right. But sometimes don't you like respond to one of your followers like, oh, hey... That was funny. I don't really respond. No. I mean, every now and then, like if you say something, I'll just you'll say ha ha, smiley face. No, unicorn. I never write ha ha. Oh. No. Okay. So anyway, Shane. So she gets together. She meets Shane mm-hmm. online and fell in love with him. And he said that he felt like they've been together for a thousand years. That would be an elderly couple. (laughs) And she says that she was pretty into that sort of idea. Like, yeah, I'm, Uh I get it. I'm all about it. I understand. Like this night might not be the only plane we're living on or in the world or in the universe. Do you think you could fall for someone without meeting them in person? Uh, well, not after all the documentaries we've seen. Oh my God. I mean, what are people thinking? Isn't it sort of, it feels like if you're starting to feel feelings for someone you've never met, just assume that they're, they're going to a troll rob you. Yes. Yeah. They're they're unattractive and they're going to rob you. Especially when they say, Hey, send me money. Yeah. Like that's not, that's. Beyond a red flag. That's not love. That's, that's, that's a hurricane flag. Like, no, uh-uh. No, no mm-hmm. do not send anybody money. Anyway, so she she fell in love with Shane. She finally meets mm-hmm. him. And she thought he was a little heavier than she thought he'd yeah. be, which also was yeah. weird. It's like, what's happening? What are we watching? And then Shane implied that he was involved with the CIA uh-huh. and that he had a driver and an assisted and he wore rolexes there is a lot of similarities yes. to the tinder yes and why did he have a envelope of loose diamonds do you not sharma why would sharma not go that's a weird thing for but where did that come from <laughs> the loose diamonds yeah I it was just part of the documentary. I know, but I'm just when I was watching that, I was like, "Where do loose diamonds come from?" I know. Like, where do you? Because she said that they stopped at a at an apartment. She ra- he ran inside and came back with loose diamonds. Right? Wouldn't that be like, wait, let's just stop it down for one second? Why do you have loose diamonds? Yeah. What and what are you going to do happen? with them? And you, it seems like you would have you would. Tell the person you're with, like, oh, I have these loose diamonds because. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't feel CIA. No, it doesn't. Like, what? That's where, if you're with this. Yeah. Yeah. Why would the CIA guy run into a building, come back, and then you go home with the loose diamonds? Yeah. You just be like, hey, you want to go to Burger King? I would be like, wait, why do you have loose diamonds? <laughs> I don't no 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 stop telling me about your CIA job. Let's just stop. focus oh, uh, on cork it. Cork it. Why do you have loose, loose diamonds? diamonds? That's a whole different never explained part it. of your life. Never explained yeah. it. 
So Shane asked Sarma. Oh, I think I called her Sharma at one point. Shane asked Sarma. Oh, because Nothing if you matters. no, because if you combine them, it's Sharma. 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 That's like the the big Hollywood couple version of them. Yes. Sharma. And so Sarma had a reputation of, for being very generous. I mean, she befriended this homeless man named Anthony. This was Who, also by the <laughs> way. <laughs> I have have so many questions. I have a lot of questions. Did he become not homeless at a certain point? Because some footage he's on the streets. Other times he's in a nice leather jacket with some jewelry and he hopped in his car to go get her at some point. Yeah, I had a hard time understanding. And then like, you know, episode two, I was like, wait a second, maybe I've maybe I misunderstood who who Anthony is. Maybe he's Maybe he's not home. Wait. Uh, yeah. Wait, Anthony? I think there are two Anthonys in this. In this. Mm. So what happens is the homeless man is Anthony, who... Doesn't seem homeless. <laughs> I don't understand how, why that guy is even in this documentary. Honestly, I... I think because he's a character. There are a lot of characters. It, it is fun to watch. Yeah. Every time it gets to him, it's like, like, oh, good. <laughs> I was. I was like, I can't wait to hear what this I guy says. I can't wait to hear what Anthony says. So Sarma's employees, they're starting to get um, suspicious about Shane. And then mm-hmm. they find out that his real name is Anthony Stranges. And he has a criminal past. Which is Stranges. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> one of those names. One of those yeah. names. And do you get the feeling that Sharma felt like he was weird? Well, that's what's odd about this whole story. It is odd. Mm-hmm. Shane, I mean, Anthony, a.k.a. Shane. We'll just call him Shane. And then we'll mm-hmm. call the homeless guy Anthony because that's his. Tony. <laughs> we should call him Tony. Hey, Tony. Shane had Sarma convinced because she has this pit bull that she loves more than anything. And he had her convinced that he is otherworldly that he has sort of magical powers and that he could make her dog immortal. Okay. But I heard a lot about this. You know, obviously I watched the documentary and then when people would mention the documentary, they're like, oh, this guy basically robs her, tells her the dog's going to live forever. I didn't really get the huge vibe around that, that, that... that was the only reason or that that was really that big of a piece of this to me it seemed like just a weird aside it just seemed like yet another crazy thing he said of like why is there so much weight in him saying the dog's gonna well also she what about making her live forever so what she's gonna die and then the dog's gonna live a million years i mean it seems like animal abuse Because it's like, who do we know is going to for sure, you know, yeah. care for this animal? Why aren't, why aren't, why aren't, why isn't he making sure the dog and the lady are living forever together? Did you just together? say, why ain't he? No, I said, why aren't, or something <laughs> like that. I told you, I'm not myself. Why, why, I'm not in a good place. Her? Well, because here's the thing about uh, swindlers. Yeah. Right. They tune in to see what people they find a vulnerable, a, 
Hello? Go on. Hello? Oh, you're making fun of me for saying... Ernt. 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 They find a vulnerable person, and then they they figure out what's important to that person. I understand how that works, but I'm just saying, if somebody was going to make my... If they were like, look, I can make all three of your cats live forever, I would be like, well, that's great, but... But what about me? I'd like to be around for that. Yeah. And that never came up. It's just like, I'm just going to die in 20 years, and my cats are going to... Yeah. It wasn't a using it wasn't walkers. A, it wasn't a thought out plan. No, no. And when you talk, nor was it true. <laughs> you never <laughs> even believed. if you had a great plan in place, it's not going to happen. This bozo isn't going to like make no. a dog live forever. So Shane used to call Sarma TBH, tiny blonde human, mm-hmm. which you know suggested that he's immortal because he's calling her human. Right. As though he's not. Right. And then remember, uh, remember the Me Too movement? <laughs> Do you remember in, in this documentary when they talk about the meat suit? Oh, meat suit. What oh. did you, <laughs> did I thought you, you said, I thought you said Me Too, <laughs> the meat suit movement. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know it was a movement, but okay. Oh, yeah, the meat suit. The meat suit. Is that him getting heavy? Well, I think it was a combination of him getting heavy and mm. telling her, oh, don't worry. It's only my meat suit. <laughs> because he's not really human. This is just the meat suit he wears. Oh, okay. Do you remember that part? I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, We no. have to take a break. Okay. Okay. We'll be back to discuss all things meat suits. <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. So, I mean, this did remind me of Tinder Swindler because Hmm. Shane would always be traveling and he would text her and say, you need to wire me $65,000 or they're going to kill me. And then four days later, he would text her and say, you need to wire me $35,000. And so this is, this is all restaurant money. Yeah. So she's working and the restaurant is doing well. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody. Thanks to me and Stephanie. Thanks to you and Stephanie and all the gift cards that you bought. Mm Mm-hmm. Somehow did help get him to these places he was going. 
My little gift card. Stephanie's little gift card. Way to be a part of it. Yeah, we ate You helped Shane get a fancy... Oh, should we tell them what what he was really doing? What? This is a, uh, a bean spill. Okay. Listen, we've already spilled some stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you want to know what, if you want to know all sort of the twists and turns, then stop it down, Aiden. Mm-hmm. Turn it off. And Brandy. And Brandy, Brandy, turn off your vacuums and pause it. But um, we found out later that he was gambling all of this money away. And he just went to all of these casinos and just spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in one mm-hmm. casino over a million dollars. And he loved the lifestyle and they sent the planes. Oh, this like Donut King. Mm-hmm. Remember Donut King? And he became a gambler. And, oh, God. Then what about Nazim? Remember Nazim? Uh-huh. So Nazim oh, yeah. comes into the picture. Yeah. So Nazim is Shane's assistant. And meanwhile, during all of this, Mm-hmm. Sarma is emailing with this tech I will advisor, yeah, Will, mm-hmm. who was advising her about her money. What is his role? Seems like <laughs> a lot of, the, and then personal issues would come up. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was watching him, and I'm like, why is who is Will? Like, is he the a banker? But why would the banker be saying, oh, you got to trust your husband. He knows what he's doing. I honestly, embarrassingly fell for that. I did too, because you're watching the documentary (laughs) and you see Will, who's typing away. And you're like, oh my God, Will, how does he know? How does Will know so much about Shane? (laughs) I can't believe you and I are both stupid. We're but well, they, they fooled us. Yeah, we're stupid. No, because no, we were we were watching it with our own eyeballs. You're watching it, and you're like, okay. (laughs) Mr. Thomas fell for it. He fell for it too. All three of us are stupid people. That is fascinating. I'm not going to say that about ourselves. That's not true because it's like they, you know, the documentarians. They got us. Yeah, it was it was good. It was good. uh, It was good filmmaking there. So Nazim. The mm-hmm. assistant. That yeah. was a weird character, no? For sure. And also, if the other guy, Shane, is broke and needs money all the time, how is he keeping someone on a... Payroll? A payroll consistently. I mean, Nazim was... He was really shady. Because he would go on these gambling trips with Shane. Uh-huh. And then... Okay, so do you think he wasn't on payroll? Am I taking things to... <laughs> I think... I don't like, know. I don't know if he was getting a paycheck. Okay. But he... But then... And then Sarma would be like, I don't know what to do, Nazim. It's really stressful. It's been like $1.7 million that I've given him. And he keeps saying, I'm going to get it all back. I'm going to... I'm going to get it all back and I'm never going to have to worry for the rest of my life. Where does she think it's going? Uh, to the CIA? Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. My friend Debbie is listening to us. We were watching it. She said hey, it was. Debbie, hey. hey, Debbie, hey. She said it was a test. Right. Because he, because Shane would always make it seem like this is some 
test to see if she was ready for the other world. Right. The happily ever after that she always wanted. All she wanted was a happily ever after, and he was going to give it to her only when she was ready and deserved it. And she said, what will my role be there? Uh-huh. And he said, the queen. And she was like, okay, yep, yep. I will wire you some more money. <laughs> like, And I'm thinking, what is she thinking? We have so many documentaries where people get you know, their brain in mush situations like that Nexium stuff. And yeah. you watch it and you're like, I would never fall for this. Right. I would never blah, blah, blah. And I mean, people get in vulnerable situations that you can never imagine for yourself. Yeah. To different degrees. But I still stand by if somebody was telling me <laughs> I was going to be the queen of like another w- world of another, another world yeah. for uh, $1.7 million, <laughs> you would be like, no, uh-uh. I would, I don't even think like if somebody said for $20, <laughs> if, if you give me $20, I don't think you I would, are going to be queen. I mean, I would pay that. I would pay that to you be pay, queen. You pay 20. But what about 100? No. That's no. too far. That's too I much. I worked too hard for that $100. For it to go nowhere, which I would know it's going nowhere. Yeah, I know. It is easy to say, oh, I would never fall for that. I would never be in that situation. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, listen, we're not going to talk about my involvement with the pyramid scheme. I'm just saying that some <laughs> people get involved in you things. You do. You know, and and I I understand it. It's like, we're not perfect. And we all want to think that there's something better and we could get there and... Or you make excuses, you know. You've been in... Everyone, probably most people alive, have been in relationships with people that maybe don't treat them well. And you make excuses or you you hope it's going to be something else or different at a different point. And then you're just like... It's not. It's not, you guys. It's not. It's not. It's, it's not. You got to pull the plug quicker than than Sarma. At the $20 point At the 20. of a relationship. Listen, if somebody said, wire me money, I would be like, no. <laughs> no. Like, I need to know what's happening. If I asked you to wire me money, you wouldn't wire me money? I mean, I guess if you did. But see, how do I know it's you? Well, because I would get on Zoom and be like, hey, I need you if to me. If I saw your face, if I saw your 1. eyeballs. 1.7 million. <laughs> so I can go to another universe. So you can be the queen. And I'll be like, okay. Okay. <laughs> so listen. Well, the thing is about, what's his name that I just said? Uh, mm-hmm. Nazim. So mm. Nazim. So when Sarma was like, Nazim, this is getting bad. It's. million and Nazim is like, yeah, he borrowed whatever, 65,000 from me. (laughs) And it's like, Nazim, (laughs) how does Nazim not know he's a scam? He's hangs out with them. And how is Nazim having $65,000? I didn't understand that at all. Yeah. And if you work for the CIA, you probably, your assistant probably doesn't have 60, 65,000 cash to just to wire. Gamble. Yeah. To wire to the guy that you work for. 
weird. And this is me just crunching numbers casually on a podcast. <laughs> and it's very impressive. I'm by a the high way. school dropout. It's very impressive. Thank you. Okay, so now, listen. There are things in this mm-hmm. story that make zero sense to me, but okay. So Anthony sends Sarma to Rome. I would Rome. say 90% <laughs> of this documentary makes hard. zero sense. I was truly watching this going, are you kidding me? What is happening? Yeah. This guy is demanding millions of dollars from you and yelling at you? Right. He was so rude. I, I mean, know. obviously we're not hearing... I don't know how she talked to him, but I was also just like, geez, Mm-mm. it was so depressing to just think of somebody being yelled at like that all I the time. Know. And I know. aside from just sending money, but I was like, ugh. No, it was. And then at one point, he tells her, you're going away. She didn't know where she was going to be going. Of course. They go to the airport and then he says, they walk up to the whatever, the gate, and he says, okay, you're going alone. Mm-hmm. And then she gets on a plane, and she was like, it was kind of exciting. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know where I was going, and I didn't know for how long. Which, by the way, that doesn't sound great to me. <laughs> Here, get on a no. plane. <laughs> get on a plane. Uh, you don't know where you're going. You don't have any money. You don't have clothes. It's just weird. Yeah, it reminds me of my friend Shannon. It's a very different story, but Shannon drank too much one night uh, with a group of people, and yeah. then she was like, oh, I should probably check and see when my flight leaves uh, tomorrow. And she had <laughs> to leave her house at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> she grabbed flip-flops and a and a um boombox <laughs> the necessities and was on a plane she had to drive directly to the airport. the airport one time this isn't a good story but one time when uh oh we'll tell everyone uh, gather around well it's an airplane story and i drank way too much in vegas i was up all night drank so much and i what is so much what is your so much oh i don't because for me it's a drink oh gosh well i mean i'm talking about you know a 12 hour sure how many drinks walk me through i'm always (laughs) like when somebody says i drink a lot well i would say at least one per hour or something like that you know what i mean listen i'm not proud of myself this was in my younger days so then i so we're talking like 12 drinks well over the span of a long time but it wouldn't it wouldn't have shocked me. Did you throw up? Well, I got on my um Southwest plane because I had to fly back to LA that morning. Off all night, I get on the plane, everybody's like sitting down, oh, buckling in and all Were like, you on curb? No, I wasn't on curb at the time. Damn. <laughs> and we're sitting there and I was like, Oh, Shitballs. I'm about to throw up. So I run to the bathroom. I I throw up everywhere in the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, my God. I have got to clean this. I'm trying to clean up the bathroom. Were you hitting turbulence? No, we hadn't taken off. And the um, the flight attendant was like, you need to get out of the bathroom. We can't take off without you in your seat. And I was like, no, no. No, I can't. I can't come out. It's it's pretty bad in here. And she's like, you have to sit down. On the toilet? No, I had to go. 
I had to go sit in my seat so we could take off. And I was like, I really don't, uh, it's not, it's not okay. Possible. And she was like, get out of the bathroom and sit down. <laughs> and for some reason, I wasn't wearing shoes too, just to make the story even better. Well, and you so were drunk. You were I had drunk. To, I, I, <laughs> I had to do a walk of shame back to my seat with like, throw up on my feet like back to my seat and everybody knew everybody knew what was happening because they were all waiting everyone knew you were gonna be a star (laughs) and they were like everybody's waiting for this asshole to get out of the bathroom who's clearly throwing up because she drank all night anyway um, they must deal with that all the time. They must. From Vegas flights. Oh, I would hate to be a flight attendant from the Vegas They should flight. have flights specifically geared towards hangovers. <laughs> oh, we could get like an IV of fluids. And or, and also like a, a seat with a bucket. And just everyone's <laughs> throwing up on their flight from <laughs> out of Vegas. <laughs> you know that has to exist somewhere. No. Okay, listen. Mean? Listen, Tig, we've got a lot to cover. Um, okay, so the, here's where things things are getting bad at, okay. uh, what's their thing? Pure food and drink? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Pure food and wine. Oh, and wine. So she goes to Rome, uh-huh. and now Shane is peacocking all around pure food and wine. Full of chicken wings. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He's no vegan, this guy. No, he's peacocking around a raw food establishment (laughs) full, full of chicken wings. He was not the picture of health, of fitness. Mm -mm. But so he he goes in and tells everybody, I'm going to buy this restaurant. And Sharma's going to... Sarma. Sharma? Sharma. (laughs) No, Sarma. You correct me with the wrong name. <laughs> no, 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 that's Sharma. No, Sarma. <laughs> it's going to run it. Okay, so anyway, while she's away, the uh, restaurant is just being run to the ground and the employees are not being paid. And she's thinking, right, that he paid for her trip to go. And she's essentially paying for her own trip. Right. Right? It's, I don't Italy. even understand what. It's on her own dime. It's on her own dime. And then he was controlling the money anytime she wanted something. Like, she got money from him, and it was her money. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so at some point, the restaurant closes, because mm-hmm. Sarma's nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's running it. Nobody's being paid. And finally, the workers walk out. Right. And now they're, you know, marching around in front of the restaurant. Like, I don't think they said bad vegan. I felt like I saw it on one of the signs. Oh, but, maybe that's but maybe that's maybe I maybe I didn't, but I thought I saw that. But also, there's no way to know. <laughs> and so she gets back, and she's like, "Oh my god, this is bad. This is really mm-hmm. bad." And now she's talking to Will, the guy, the bank IT guy. Okay, stop it down. Also if you, therapist. <laughs> stop it down if you don't want to hear this. Um, stop it down. Stop it down. Stop the stop our uh, thing down. Stop it down. So she finds out that there was no will. Yeah, the guy that was reading all of the um, messages and emailing her from Will's was 
Shane. And he just disappeared. The guy that was in the movie. Yeah. So there was a guy sitting there reading all of these emails. So you were like, that's Will. Yeah, that was assuming his job. that was the guy. And then he, yeah, just disappears. And you're like, ah, we just got bamboozled. We just got swindlered. <laughs> swindlered. We just got swindler tindered. We just got Tinder Swindler Donut. <laughs> donut King. Bad Tinder Swindler Donut. <laughs> Vegan. So at some point, Sarma uh-huh. says, oh, shit, I've got to raise a million dollars to reopen this. And then she does. And then she does. And by the way, what about like a Jeffrey? Sweet Jeffrey, the yeah. investor. So uh, Shane was going to ask uh, Jeffrey mm-hmm. to buy the restaurant for millions of dollars, but he was posing as a different person. Yeah. The guy that kept missing his flight? Yeah. Oh, Michael. Michael Caledonia. So he says that he's Michael. He wants to show up. He wants to meet Jeffrey. Jeffrey shows up. He's not there. He said, I missed my flight. Says he wants then- to meet him again. He misses his flight. <laughs> uh, then Jeffrey's going to be in Miami. And so Michael says, I'm also going to be in Miami with Sarma. Mm-hmm. So Sarma flies to Miami to meet Jeffrey. And Jeffrey's like, where's Michael? And he said, she said, he missed his flight. <laughs> Again. And it's like. And he was like, you need to buy him a watch. Yeah, you need to buy him a watch. But now Jeffrey's like, this is weird. Yeah. And really the turn for me with Sarma and probably for a lot of people is when Sarma was telling Jeffrey, yeah, Michael couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. But she knows that Michael is Shane. Yeah. Okay. She opens the restaurant. She raises the money. The business falls apart again. Sarma and Anthony then go on the lamb. Mm-hmm. And they go Why, to Las Vegas. Where is that saying from? I don't know. Why is it a lamb? On the a lamb. lamb. And then they go on the piglet. And then they go on the piglet for days and days. <laughs> they go to they go to Las Vegas for months. She's in a deep depression. Now he this is what infuriated me. He gets money from Sarma's mom. And where's all her cash I don't from? know. How does she That's have- a lot of money. Did the dad not know? Were they not married? I don't know. That's That was unclear. Because if don't, don't they have a joint bank account? Cash? And it's like, oh, $60,000 gone here. I mean. She ended up giving half a million. That's crazy. And if she had that kind of cash, why wouldn't Sarma go into her mom if she needed I couldn't. That was weird. That was weird. Um, then they go to um, Tennessee, Pigeon Forge. Pigeon Forge. <laughs> I didn't really understand that part of it either. Dollywood. <laughs> By Dollywood. And then she uh-huh. befriends a guy named Dustin at Chipotle. I'm not sure why that was part of the. Is it Chipotle or Chipotle? I think it's Chipotle. Chipotle. What was I saying? Chipotle. Chipotle. Chipotle, Chipotle, we like to call it for fun. Um, okay, now, okay, now that now the investors, uh-huh. because she had asked all of these people to be investors, now they are furious, yeah, and they want to find these two. Mm-hmm. 
there's a, a warrant out, out for their arrest. And this was the big news that old crazy pants, Shane, <laughs> Shane, he ordered uh, pizza and chicken wings. Yes. And that's how they caught him. Caught him. Which and was humiliating for her. Became, yeah, that's why it, she became famous for eating Domino's pizza. It seems pretty clear that she didn't eat the pizza or the chicken. She didn't want anything to do with this guy. Seems like. Yeah. But, but also... <laughs> but, the end. Well, so anyway, they get arrested. And, the, you know, all the tabloids go crazy because of the pizza and chicken wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some people were like, pizza, who gives a shit about the pizza and chicken wings? These people were, right. like, the workers weren't paid. You right. know what I mean? Like, the the yeah. waiter is like, nobody cares about the chicken wings. We didn't get paid. We worked our asses right. off and never got paid. And for sure, the pizza and chicken wings went to Anthony, <laughs> Shane, Chris. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's what happened. Anthony served... About a year of jail time, he got four hundred and fifty thousand dollars from Sarma's mother. Four hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, I said half a million. Do you not hear me? Yeah, I don't listen. That's to what you. I'm saying. Is like, where's all this cash coming from? Where is all the cash coming from? Because you can have, you can be a wealthy person. But not necessarily have $450,000. Liquid. Yeah. If somebody emailed my mom and said, hey, can you send $450,000? My mom would be like, I don't even know how to email. I don't know what this is about. I have never heard of such a thing. What kind of cash liquid does does Cracky have? No idea. <laughs> All cracks. All cracky. <laughs> Um, Sarma settles out of court and pleads guilty. If I needed to- twenty bucks, though, I mean, could she? You could. Pro- Cracklin could spot you twenty. She okay. could spot you twenty. Sarma yeah. settles out of court and pleads guilty to-, to multiple charges, and she argued that Anthony manipulated her mind. All mm-hmm. right, and then Sarma tried to convince people in prison to eat less meat. I'm on her side with all that. All right. I mean, I can't imagine. Rikers is a great place for vegans or carnivores. Imagine the, <laughs> just cut, the cut of meat <laughs> that you're going to get. I would be, listen, if any of our listeners have spent time in Rikers, please tell me what you eat. What do they yeah. eat there? Mm-hmm. Many think Sarma married Anthony for his money because he told her he had a lot. He told her he was what, a billionaire or something? Mm-hmm. By the way, red flag. Overall, Anthony and Sarma lost over 6 million dollars of other people's money. That is crazy balls. Um, all right. Well, any questions about <laughs> Any questions about what you just heard? I think we got it. Yeah, right? we covered it. Yeah. We really covered it. I think people listening will not have any idea what we just talked about. Do you think no. so? No. I don't even know what You know we what just they're going to remember? About. They're going to remember Meat Suit. Yeah. Okay. That's what this documentary should have been called. Was it should have been suit. called Meat Suit. Yeah. Put the negativity on, on the, the meat, meat people. Suit. Yeah. Tig, are you ready for our final mm-hmm. thoughts? Yeah. It's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. 
Did you cry? I did not. No, I didn't cry. I didn't cry. Oh, boy. What would you cry about? Well, I guess you might feel sorry for Sarma. Or the workers. I, the I don't workers, know, but, yeah. But still, no, I didn't cry. No, it was, it, was very, it was frustrating. Wasn't it frustrating? Yes. Infuriating. Infuriating. Oh, and mm. by the way, there was one guy that we didn't mention who wrote for Vanity Fair. Mm-hmm. He was he was sweet with a mm-hmm. l- little curly hair. <laughs> yeah, with little curly hair. <laughs> he had like a, you know what it reminded me of? Uh, oh, remember Kenny G when we did the Kenny G podcast mm-hmm. and we found out that he permed it? Was it Kenny that permed it? I don't know. Wait, who got a perm? Thomas, what podcast did we do where we found out that somebody got a perm? Oh, no. It was... um. Uh, the painter. The painter, Bob Ross. Bob Ross. Yeah, we found out that Bob Ross used to get, and then what would he call it when he got a, a new perm? Like get it tightened and. I think tur- tightened. I don't know. Oh, a springs tightened. Springs tightened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was Bob Ross. I'm sorry, Kenny G. I'm sure that's your natural curl. Tig, who were you attracted to? Who would you guess? Uh, who would I guess? Sarma? Yeah. It's hard to be attracted to her because she is a bad vegan. But she is and she is attractive. But I liked Sarma's first husband. I know you did. You spilled those beans right out of the gate. It's just like, calm down. You're the one that was, you're the one that was going hard on what's his name. Okay. Uh, well, I guess, I guess we did it. We did do it. Whether people wanted us to do it or not, we did do it. Mm-hmm. Next week, we'll be talking about The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Uh, Tig, before we go, should we read some true fan mail? Sure. So this is from Lois L. Hey, Lois L. Hey. Hey, Lois L. Hey. <laughs> I'm out of the swing of things. <laughs> that was the worst one yet. I don't even know if that was the worst. Just saw a young dude at Costco in Tallahassee, Cheryl. Oh, those are my peeps. Wearing a sweatshirt saying professional raw dogger. (laughs) No way. (laughs) No way. Glad I know what it means or maybe wish I didn't. I'll see him at the STD clinic. Love you both so much. I listen after 12 hour shifts in emergency department and I laugh and laugh. Oh, my God. Oh my gosh. Thank you for your service. Um, Thank you. Thanks for your hard work, faithfulness each week, and overall hilarity. Much love, Lois. Oh my God. Wait, what did it say? Professional Professional raw dogger. dogger. Ooh, that is. That That is is so. People are so weird. (laughs) Hey, Tallahassee. Hey. Okay. (laughs) This is from Amelia G. Hey, Amelia hey, G. Amelia G. Hey. hey, dear Tig and Cheryl too, if you want. Oh, why is that? <laughs> why am I in parentheses? Okay. I'm writing because I listened to your episode about the Donut King, and I want to tell Tig hmm? there is a delicious vegan donut shop in oh. Buffalo called Fry Baby, and they have the best vegan apple fritters I've ever had. Oh. The best apple fritters in the world. Completely vegan. Sincerely, Amelia. 
Wow, well, Amelia, thank Amelia, you. Amelia, I, thank I'm you. glad to know that too. Thank you, Amelia Bucks. What? A million bucks. Nope. No. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> okay. Thank you, a million bucks. Ah, see, it's fun. Ah, uh, it is fun. Before we go, Cheryl, I also want to mention that my other podcast, Don't Ask Tig, is nominated for a Webby Award. And so if any of you listeners are so inclined, which you should be, you can go to webbyawards.com and vote. All right, Tig. Should we do it again? Yeah, let's do it again. Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Gabby Kopisich and Thomas Willett. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willett with music by David Susson. Special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at tigandcherylTrueStory at gmail.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.